We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the NBA Front Office Show. Happy Monday. Happy Martin Luther King Day. We've got a lot to talk about going on around the NBA, including basketball games. Well, a game anyway. That's actually on while we're recording this, which is not the norm. I'm not. I'm not used to this, Keith, to being able to actually see an NBA game going on while we're recording. But nonetheless, the Sixers and the Rockets are. I hesitate to use the word playing, but they're on the basketball floor right now. Yeah, it's. I mean, the Rockets have cut it to 19. Uh, okay. Late in the There's first something. half, so maybe, maybe, maybe it'll become interesting yet. But the good thing with MLK Day is, once this one's over, there's ten more to go today. So we've got basketball throughout the day. So it's a pr- pretty good day here uh, for me. I know uh, everybody, it, pretty much everywhere in the country, is dealing with some uh, poor weather. So good day yep. to stay inside and watch the loops. Absolutely, and I suppose NFL and, playoffs if you want to. Yeah, that, that's yeah. kind of happening, but but. Uh, you watch some hoops and watch or listen to this show as Correct. well. That's that's the other thing that should be high up on your. In fact, that should be kind of a one A one B thing. Of course, watching yeah. the show being the one A of Correct. those two. Maybe maybe listen or watch the show while you're watching some hoops. Multitask. That's it. Yeah, and you can mute the games. You don't need to listen to the no. game. So yeah, no. yeah, for sure. That's it. That's exactly how it should go down. All right, let's start here, Keith. This is now officially trade season because it's January 15th. It means everybody else that is going to be trade eligible sometime this season is now trade eligible around the NBA. Um, it's not a huge list of players that have now become trade eligible, but, but some important guys that are now able to be traded. And that means that every trade chip that can be on the market this season is now at the disposal of teams, and we are now counting down to the February 8th trade deadline. We already saw one trade go down over the weekend. Most fans will not count it as a trade because nothing really (laughs) significant. It's not like there was a big shift here or anything like that. It could wind up being important still, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But now we've hit the point where teams are going to start buckling down and hopefully getting some deals done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the... uh, the Funny enough, the one guy who still has like a lingering trade restriction, but 100% is not going to be traded is actually Anthony Davis of yep. all players because of when he signed his uh, his extension on August 6th. So there's a six-month restriction. So two days ahead of the deadline. If uh, But if Anthony Davis is traded, I will uh, 
I don't know. Well, but the standard offer is I'll eat a bunch of guacamole because I don't like it. <laughs> so I'll uh, I'll do that if he gets traded before the trade deadline. But yeah, you're absolutely right. We're here. We're 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 here now. We're we're full on in it. Uh, as you said, there was a trade over the weekend. We'll get into that. It was uh, just just a little under our threshold of let's go live to bring right. it down. Um, but that was that was not a Kevin Durant got traded at one thirty no. in the morning. Yeah. Let's <laughs> jump on right now type situation. Yeah. Nor was it an OG and Obi got traded in the middle of you know the weekend either. So right, it's uh yeah, it, it, but still kind of gives us a little bit of signs where couple franchises might be heading and there was some fun cap stuff in there so we'll get into that when we get there but yeah there's a, a, a list of uh guys on my twitter if anybody is like who can't be traded like who who has trade restrictions uh that's on there you can also find on spot track you can find that information as well um mm-hmm. that's on one of our tracker pages um with that so yeah we're down to it though now pretty much anybody who can be traded and might be traded is, is eligible. And that, that just opens everything up for every team to really get into deals. Cause you do have a couple teams that are like, let's talk when we get closer to this actually happening. Cause one of the things you don't want to do is talk about a deal, kind of get close. We can actually do it for two weeks or something. Yeah. And then something happens or it gets Guy out. His ankle. Yeah. Yeah. And it just gets super messy. So, so we're there now. So we're there. We're three ish weeks out from the trade deadline three, three and a half weeks or so. So should be a fun, uh, fun, fun uh, few weeks coming. All right. Well, let's dive into some of the latest news. Uh, this is you know, not news to me. Nothing, nothing new here, but the Lakers are not looking to trade Austin Reeves. You know, it's, it's kind of, I, I get the sense that it, this is kind of going to be a back and forth through the media of, of Team X is in a, in any trade with the Lakers, they'll want Austin Reeves, and then you'll have the counter leak of the Lakers are not interested in trading Austin Reeves. Every yeah. team that contacts the Lakers is going to say, what do you want for Austin Reeves, right? That's that's the guy that everybody's going to be after in any kind of trade deal with the Lakers. The Lakers, of course, also would prefer to hang on to him over pretty much anything else that they have available to trade outside of, of course, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But nonetheless, uh, the Lakers are not looking to deal Reeves, and the news was out there that they would consider a trade that brings in DeJounte Murray and sends out Austin Reeves as being one that doesn't necessarily move the needle for them. And I guess I can understand that. Uh, But nonetheless, that's the Lakers stance right now. We'll see uh, if they stick to that all the way up until that trade deadline. Yeah, I I had this conversation. I did a Pistons podcast Mm -hmm. over the weekend. Oddly enough, uh, big big fans of us, Bryce Simon and crew over there. So we appreciate all the love they showed to you and I uh, in front office show. Um, And funny enough, we were literally minutes into it when the trade news broke. So we threw Mm -hmm. off the entire show plan that they had going and we just talked about the trade. Uh, And then I did a magic podcast where I said on both of those. Something like this does not mean the Lakers are telling teams Austin Reeves is untouchable. Correct. It just means we're not shopping him, one, which I 100% believe. I don't think the Lakers are calling the 29 other teams and saying, hey, what do you give us for Austin Reeves? Yeah. It's, we're, we're nowhere near that. But I think it is a situation where it is, hey, we uh, we really want player X and we think it's good. And the other team's like, look, we really got to have Austin Reeves. It's probably one of those where it's like, boy, we'd really rather not do it. What can we do instead? And then, yeah. then it's just then from there it becomes a negotiation. So, and I'll say this too, just as a good reminder, whatever you think the number of untouchable players is in the league, it's way it's less lower than, than what people yeah. say. 
whatever you think it is for your individual team as a fan, it's probably maybe one. And that's just kind of how it goes. Like, are there guys that are extremely hard to trade? Are there guys that are extremely unlikely to trade? hundred percent. But you know, I, I, the one I'm using for everybody right now, if, if the San Antonio Spurs called the Lakers and said, Hey, we really want Austin Reeves. Will we take one Binyama? Of course the Lakers are saying yes. Yes. They would drive him to the airport. Yeah, exactly. So that's just, you know, that's just kind of where you gotta be a little more reasonable when you think through these things. Cause sometimes you get people who are like, nah, this guy's untouchable. It's like, he's your eighth man. He's not yeah. untouchable. Like, you know, let's be reasonable. But I do believe that the Lakers are not shopping Austin Reeves cause it wouldn't make sense for them to be. Yeah. Agreed. I don't think they're, they're shopping him either. And I, I think that's a great point about the truly, cause you got to think like, would Dallas trade Luca for anybody? Probably not. Right, probably right. not. But how many would Milwaukee trade Giannis for anybody? Probably not. Would Philly trade Embiid for anybody? Probably not. Right, but uh, Jokic would Jok- would Denver trade Jokic? Probably not. But that's that's pretty close to the end of the list, right? Maybe add one Benyama in it. Like after that, mm-hmm. like let's say another guy that's got a lot of uh, Jalen Brunson, right? The Knicks love Jalen Brunson. They're not going to trade him if Dallas called and said, "Hey, we'll give you Luca for Jalen Brunson." Jalen Brunson's going back yeah. to Dallas, right? Yeah. Like that's. So that's the way you have to think of it in terms of truly untouchable guys. But um, but to the topic, yes, Austin Reeves, uh, not somebody the Lakers are looking to trade, but will they have to if they want to get a deal done? That's what we'll wait to see. Uh, DeJounte Murray, speaking of which, the news on him is that he's very likely to be traded. Now, I've had Lakers sources tell me that they think potentially there could be a deal without Austin Reeves involved for DeJounte Murray. I will believe it when I see it. I don't think that's all that likely. Um, but you never know. We'll see. The Hawks seem to be a pretty motivated seller. Uh, not necessarily a, a, that they have to move DeJounte Murray, but they've got a lot of guys that they're listening to trades on. So we'll see what happens there. They have become quickly one of the, the big teams to watch on the trade market. And DeJounte Murray, it seems more likely than not that he's going to be moved. And if it's not now, it's probably this summer that that he's on the way out. Yeah, I'll- I, I think it's going to be now. I think it's going to be in the next uh, few weeks. I, part of it's driven by they just keep losing games. They're yeah. now out of the postseason picture. They're 11th in the East, so they're not even in the uh, play, playing tournament. Trust me, being at the bottom of the East playing tournament is no major accomplishment right now. Those teams are not good teams. The Hawks just keep keep getting in their own way. It's it's really they, – they look like a team – that needs a trade. Sometimes mm-hmm. you watch games and you're like, man, this group just, they're a mess. They, they, they don't fit. They look unhappy. They, everything's just gone sideways on them. So I think that's where we're kind of at with, um, with DeJounte Murray. Now the very likely part that came from Woj. Woj does not just randomly throw no. stuff like that no. out. This was on NBA today is where he said this. Uh, he also noted the Lakers are interested, as you said, uh, you know, it sounds like the initial conversations have probably been stuff the Lakers don't want to do because the other thing is it's not just Austin Reeves. It's Austin Reeves plus right. something just, else. Just to make that, the math work, it has to be just, Austin Reeves exactly. plus. Yep. So that's where, but that that's where it gets a little, you know, potentially messy. Now, is there a deal where you could do like, all right, we'll do Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura in a pick or whatever, but we get Murray and Bogdanovich back. Like, mm-hmm. sure, maybe something like that could happen, or you know, we'll we'll take Sadiq Bay. I, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. I'm not, you know, by no means throwing it out there. So that's 
but that's part of the negotiations. I think part of what drives Murray too is he's just that much easier to acquire right now because he's $18 million this yes. year. In the next couple of years, that goes up to 24, 25, and, and so on. So that's where that that can help just make things that much easier. I just feels like Atlanta's ready to to shake it all up, whether that means he's headed to the Lakers or not. We don't know, but you know, we know that they're interested for sure. Do you think uh, DeJounte Murray fixes the Lakers' problems? No, I, I think he helps for sure. I mean, because presumably they're going to have to give up one or two rotation guys, again, like you said, just to make the math work yeah. on a trade. And that's the, the challenge. It's probably a, all right, we plugged this hole and made it, reinforced it so it's better. But did we create another hole somewhere else on the roster that now we get to go plug that? And that's Whack where it starts to become a little bit of a challenge, right? You're like the uh, what, what was it? Is it the like the little Dutch boys like sticking his fingers in the hole all over the 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 dam and it's just like the, the he can't hold it back or something like that? I don't know. That's like <laughs> that's, a children's story that I don't really remember. That reminds me <laughs> of the um, you know the the vacation movies, yes. which are which are great, but Vegas Vacation was not one of the better, but I'll still watch it when it's on every sure. once in a while. Right. But, but Clark is at the, he's at the Hoover dam and he sees a leak yes. and he starts to plug that's it. Exactly with it yeah. yeah. That's, that's yep. exactly what, yep. what they're doing. Right. And you, you plug up one leak and another one just opens up. That could be a problem uh, for the Lakers. As you know, <laughs> My favorite um, part of that one is that they end when they're like all driving home. Like, all the cars. How'd you want all these cars? Put a quarter in. I want a car. Right. Put a quarter in. I want a car. <laughs> so, I don't understand the chain, the constantly shifting ages of the Griswold children. No, in that, but, in that it's like, but, it, but now it's, it's like built into the running joke of the, right. of the series for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Uh, let's head up North. The Raptors and Pascal Siakam, uh, not close on getting an extension done. And there's several teams that would like to acquire Siakam via trade. There's also several teams that are saying, Hey, uh, we could just sign Siakam this summer. Yeah. If you're not going to get a deal done, so we'll be a landing spot in free agency if uh, if he doesn't get moved and, and get something done here. So how do, how are teams going to weigh that? The potential of just signing him and not having to give up assets versus uh, getting him now. And I suppose that the, each individual team's cap situation is a big factor there. Yeah, it definitely is. A cap situation is going to drive most of that. It's also, well, what do we need to give up for him? Because if we can give up enough to get him, but it doesn't really weaken us all that much, and now we can really add him for the rest of this year for what should be a really nice playoff run, then that that probably tips it in the favor of go get it done now versus right. waiting. Like people have talked about the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, the Pacers could definitely be in position to have enough cap space this summer to make a run at Siakam. But I think they're also in a spot where they're pretty good right now. And if you go get them, that could be the difference between, hey, we were a sneaky team to make a deep playoff run versus – all right, we were a fun team and we're bounced out and then we go get them anyway in the summertime, it could just be a little bit of a difference. I continue to believe, I don't think any team signed Siakam without at least a very strong understanding yes. of he's going to stay here. He you you mean trades to, for Siakam? Correct. Yeah. yeah. He will not be able to extend with, with any of those teams. Just there, there's not a, um, how do I put it? There, there's just not a, uh, there, there's, you can't extend them for enough after you trade for them to make it worth it. So I think right. there you just have to have that kind of wink, wink understanding of, yeah, we're going to take care of it in the summertime because I don't know that any of the teams that are like, 
hey, where's Siakam away from being a title contender are in position to trade for him in, in any realistic way. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. And now I do think this is a guy that a lot of teams are going to be chasing after. And who knows, maybe a team that would that is a Siakam away. Like who would be a Siakam away? You think from who would who would fit that bill? Because maybe somebody pops up between now and the trade deadline. Somebody sure. says, you know what, let's just let's just go for it. I mean, what if um, Oklahoma City would be kind of interesting, I think. Right. That's a good one. I like I like that one. Five. What yeah, would he do um, for Sacramento if Sacramento were to if if they somehow changed his mind and said, hey, sure. you want to be in Sacramento, what if they got him? I, that would have to be uh, like Denver got upset in the second round and yeah. now all of a sudden we're sitting here in the West Finals and they're not the opponent kind of, kind of thing for me. I, I think it definitely makes them probably a top six team in the West. Mm-hmm. I just presumably, right, I'm thinking it doesn't involve Keegan Murray going out or anything sure. like that. Then, yeah, I think that could get them there. I, I I just, more when I say a team that's a Siakam away, I more mean a team that is we can trade for him and then if he walks, it doesn't matter because gotcha. he lifted us to the finals contention. Oklahoma City would kind of be the only one I could maybe see there uh, because they'd still be, they'd be like, okay, well, he left and we're right back where we were anyway. And let's just mm-hmm. keep this thing moving. But yeah, that's kind of, it's probably them, honestly. Only I, I know people will say Philly. I just, I don't know that that's a great fit in Philly. I, I don't necessarily love that fit. I think Indiana's similar to like Sacramento, where it makes you a lot better. Well, probably not a true title contender, but a much more assured playoff team, sure. But I'm not giving up a bunch of good stuff to just be a decent playoff team. I want to know he's going to stick around. Yeah, that's and that's going to be the challenge. And that's where Siakam can essentially dictate his landing spot right. because all he has to do is tell the team, hey, uh, you guys can trade for me, but you'll have me for a few months. I'm going somewhere else in free agency. The teams aren't going to be willing to give up much for a yep. guy that they only get for a few months unless they feel like that's their chance to win a championship. Um, all right, let's uh, let's go down to some warmer weather and let's head to Orlando. The Magic are exploring moving Wendell Carter Jr. and Markel Fultz on the trade market. What is this all about, Keith? Is this, you know, I like Wendell Carter Jr. Markel Fultz has, you know, rehabilitated his value somewhat after being the number one overall pick. Obviously, that's not what he's ever going to be at this point is that kind of talent. But uh, but these are two interesting guys on the trade market. Why is Orlando looking to move them? And what what do they want? What are they trying to trying, trying to get to? Yeah, and, and this is funny because stuff like this comes out and then Orlando Magic fans tend to get a little upset because they're like, hey, we don't really leak stuff, which is generally true. They're they're pretty quiet until, I mean, everybody leaks things when it's done, right? It's like sure. we're definitely signing the guy, deals, tra- trade is complete, like we've agreed to it, then things leak out. But I think what's important to note is it doesn't have to come from Orlando, right? It could come from another team. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, hey, we called Orlando about – Franz Wagner, and then we were told no, but then they were like, what do you think about Markel Fultz? And then that's how that kind of gets out there. I don't think by any means the Magic and Jeff Waltman are waking up every morning and calling the other 29 teams saying, want to trade for Markel Fultz? Want to trade for Wendell Carter Jr.? But I do think they're at least listening, and I think they're open to discussing. I think that's driven by the Magic are now at a place where they're good. They should be a playoff team. They need reliable guys that are going to be on the court night in night out for them carter has not stayed healthy for a couple seasons 
That's been a major problem. Fultz continues to not be healthy uh, in missed time. So that's a major challenge for him. So I think the piece that comes through here is, I think that's what it's about for Orlando is if we can make the right move. I don't think they're going to do like the all in, go get Zach Levine kind of move. Yeah. But if it was like a Markel Fultz and then they have that pick from the Nuggets coming sometime in the next, pro- probably next year, honestly, because um, I don't think Denver's going to fall apart next season and it's only top five protected. So if it was like Fultz and that Nuggets pick for Malcolm Brogdon or something, that could be a move that makes a lot of sense uh, mm-hmm. for Orlando because it just puts you in a place where we're in a much more stable place moving forward with a guy who can really, really help us. So that's where I think this is all being driven out of. And the fact that other younger guys or other lesser paid guys have emerged in those spots. Goga Batadze has been very mm-hmm. good for them in place of Carter and uh, Anthony Black. Uh, the rookie guard has has shown a lot of promise in place of Fultz. So I think the Magic are just, they've hit kind of a crossroads where it's here. I would also think, I wouldn't be shocked if Jonathan Isaac has moved as well, just in the similar vein of decent-sized contract to move to bring something back. And we've kind of been there, done that. We've done all we can. And I think if you move them, you feel like, hey, we tried. We we gave it the real you know, old college try with that, and here we are. And now, now we're trying to you know, build this team up moving forward. Yeah, Wendell Carter has been out for a little bit here. Um, that'll be something to keep an eye on in terms of his his trade value. He is um, going to play this afternoon. Okay, so he's coming back. He is coming back, but he's limited. He's going to play like 12 minutes off the bench. So it's they're still managing it. Do you think this is one of those like, hey, he's going to play, everybody look and see he can play Maybe. type things? Man, it could be. A little bit of I a, think it's a more showcase. of we have – a million other guys hurt. We kind of need them on the floor type of thing yeah. from Orlando is like, let's just get them out there more than, than necessarily a showcase. But yeah, sometimes that happens every once in a while. It's uh, yeah. When, when you start seeing a, a Carter's different cause he had played for them and started, but if yeah. you see some random vet kind of pop up and it's like, that's weird. That guy doesn't usually play a lot and he gets like 15, 20 minutes. Sometimes showcase. it's, Hey, everybody just remember like, he can shoot. He can knock down some threes if you want them kind of thing. Yeah, that does happen. Uh, speaking of everybody being hurt, you mentioned the Orlando Magic. Oh, the Grizzlies are all hurt. Keith, I saw you you doing the math last night on, uh, on X. Desmond Bain now has a, a grade three ankle sprain. That, that's bad. That's yep. really bad. A grade three sprain. And you were doing the math um, in street clothes um, had on there about how long that typically keeps a player out. You raised the the notion that we may have seen the last of Desmond Bain this season, assuming that the Grizzlies continue this downward spiral, which is expected. Now they don't have John Morant. All these things have been happening with them, obviously. And now you've got Desmond Bain out too. It's tough to see them winning many games from here on out. And there's going to be, I think the count was 15 or 16 games left when he conceivably could come back. At that point, you may just say, eh, we'll see you next season. Yeah, the Grizzlies update said reevaluated in six weeks. Jeff Stotts, who that's who in street in clothes street is, clothes, yes. um, great follower. Everybody should be following him because he's got great injury information, including what I like is he comes with historically a player with this injury misses this mm-hmm. amount of time. And it's generally pretty close to that. Every once in a while, somebody really beats the odds and they get back early. And then, of course, some guys are way longer. But 
he said it's an average. Of, it was like between 27 and 28 games, I think, or 26 mm. and 27 games. But we're already at the halfway point. By that point, you're talking, yeah, you're talking about 16 games left. Memphis is going to be way out of the running by the time you know, we're, we're there with 16 games to play, barring something shocking uh, over the next couple of months here. So at that point, yeah, I think you kind of look around and say, why? Well, what's the point, right? Like it's Desmond Bain has been a guy's dealt with some foot stuff before. Now he's got the severe ankle sprain. You're, you're a bit probably better off saying, let's just get him right. And we're going to come back next mm-hmm. year. We'll have Morant and Bain and all of our other guys and add a good high draft pick or something. We moved that draft pick for, and we're ready to attack, you know, 24, 25. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if this is it for Desmond Bain for this yeah. season, obviously. Agreed. I think this will probably be the end of the road for him. Um, him, Jake LaRavia is out for three weeks with an yep. ankle sprain. Uh, they are, they're down to like eight healthy players. And it was funny because a couple of people were like, well, I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is okay. Well, he's missed two of the last three games. He's on the injury report. They're starting to sit guys on the injury report. So yeah, which is to be expected. They're starting there. I think they're being very careful with their guys, which is what they should be doing. We are nearing Chris Kamen laying on the bench territory though, here for the, (laughs) uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies. There was Um, a number of people who replied with, with that picture. Uh, from back in the day. Uh, yeah, here it is. This is what it looks like. I want to say that game, the Lakers had like six or seven players. In fact, I think they gave like Steve Nash at that point. Um, and, wait, maybe that wasn't the Nash year. Anyway, there was there was one year where the Lakers had like six or seven players to the point where Steve Nash was hurt, but they gave him a jersey just so they would legally be able to play the yep. game. And like if he had to step on the floor and just kind of stand there, he could in case a bunch of other guys got hurt. Um, that's, that feels like kind of where the Grizzlies are, are headed towards. And that's unfortunate, but as we've said, I think the future is bright. They're going to get a high draft pick here. They could turn that draft pick either into a player or trade that pick and, and get more stuff. And they could bounce back, be right back next season, right at, near the top of the Western conference. So that's the silver lining for Grizzlies fans, but you're going through it right now. No question. Yeah, that, that's it. So, so we'll see. They've got an open two-way spot. They'll fill that. They're going to get some hardship spots. I, they're after today's game. I know they're at least eligible for one, but I think it might be as many as three. I'd have to look and see when the other guys went out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're in a spot where they can definitely go out and and add some guys, and likely will because they're enough under the luxury tax that going through. So, I think what you're very likely to see here is the Grizzlies start cycling through a whole bunch of guys from the G League see what it looks like on these hardship 10 days. And then you just kind of go forward from there and say, all right, well, we, we, maybe we found a guy or two who kind of pops, maybe Bismack Biombo comes back. If there's a hardship chance to kind of resign him and bring him back in the fold. Cause they didn't really want to cut him in the first place. They had to, to make room to sign Vince William jr. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's yeah, it's brutal though. And their only healthy point guard is Jacob Gilliard. Who's on a two way contract. He only has 17 games left because he's already been active for 30 games this year. So it's a mess in Memphis. Keith, I'm reacting here because Alperin Sengun, one of my favorite players in the in the league, just had a baseline drive and dunk. The Rockets have cut it now to 17. Maybe they'll make this thing a game. Um, all right, let's jump over to well, let's let's go here. Draymond Green return into action for the Golden State Warriors against uh, the Grizzlies against. I'm sure the Grizzlies are thrilled about that. Uh, but Draymond back and the Warriors, like these next few weeks, 
there's going to be some very important decisions made by this team, regardless of what they do or don't do, right? The, the decision not to act is a decision in and of itself. So it's not hyperbole to say the future of this franchise is going to be decided in the next few weeks heading into the trade deadline. Steph Curry has already made some comments about wanting a trade uh, or not wanting a trade, but not wanting to continue doing the same thing. And it feels like there's some pressure on for them to do something. We've heard everybody is on the market with the exception of Curry. So the Warriors may look very different in just a few weeks. And Draymond returning maybe gives them a chance to kind of get one more look at, at what they have and what they don't have and then make what's going to be some very tough decisions. Sleepless nights coming in, uh, in Golden State. Yeah, I think outside of Chris Paul... They're now going to be mostly whole uh, because uh, Moses Moody is going to miss a little bit of time. I know Gary Payton, but those are guys. Moody's a little further down the pecking order. Payton, you kind of know what you have with. So you're going to have a lot of your key guys in position. So you're going to be in a spot where it is, to your point, let's see what it looks like for two, three weeks. Can we make a little run? Can we get ourselves out of the out? outside of the playing tournament, mm -hmm. get up in there in the mix, and then off we go from there. And then you feel good about we're going to add to the team. Or do you look at it and say, uh, let's do a little bit more resetting. Let's maybe move Andrew Wiggins and see if we can free up a little bit more space to make some stuff happen here in the next year. Maybe there's still a Chris Paul trade that could come. And that just kind of gets you in a better place financially where you can reset your books, free up some flexibility to make signings and other trades and that. Because as it stands right now, they're still looking at being a second apron team. And we all know how restrictive that is. So mm -hmm. I think this is this is it, right? This is, we're going to find out here with, with, with Draymond back. Can we make this run? They are, as it stands, as we record today, they are 18 and 21. They're a game and a half behind the Rockets with the Lakers sitting right in between for those final play-in spots. I, there's still a very much a world, and I think a lot of people are like, yeah, the Jazz and Rockets may still very much fall out of this thing. Even though the Jazz sure. are on a tear right now, the Rockets have made a really good run all season. I think most people, if you still said pick right now, Warriors and Lakers get in or Jazz and Rockets, most people are going to pick Warriors and Lakers because you're going to trust the talent and mm -hmm. where things at. So I just, yeah, let's, let's keep an eye. I'll be watching a little bit closer than generally would be for a team. That's kind of this far down just because I want to see what it looks like. I think there's some good tests here too on their schedule. Like if you want to find out where this team really is, this is their schedule. Obviously tonight you've got, you've got Memphis, like, all right, Memphis, they should we know destroy Memphis. They tonight. should, right. That should be a, that should be a blowout, but, yeah. but, then they go at Utah. Utah is right now perhaps the hottest team in the league. Dallas. Then you go, go against Atlanta at home. But then you get Sacramento, the Lakers, Philly. You get Memphis again, Atlanta, Brooklyn, Philly the day before the trade deadline. So you've got a handful of teams in there that'll be good kind of measuring stick games for the Warriors to really see, all right, where is this at? Does this team have anything left in the tank? And then, of course, you get Philly the night before the trade deadline. And that that could very well be the last we see of the Steph Draymond Clay team. It could come before then, but it's possible that that could be the the final curtain call for that that team. Imagine that, like that's crazy to say. Like we could be three weeks away from this is done. 
as we yeah. knew it, right? It's it's it, it it seems like those things are never going to happen, and then they do, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, we're we're here. Like it's just uh, yeah, that seems seems bananas, but that's where this could be headed potentially. I I kind of don't think it will be, but I think they're going to do something. I think they're going to do something pretty big. Uh, if if not big in terms of holy cow, they wouldn't get. Siakam or Levine or something like that. Big in terms of, wow, they moved off Andrew Wiggins' contract and that now frees up considerable spending power in the summer or whatever it may be. Like I, I, I think we're, we're looking at something like that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Keith, as the band Cinderella told us back in the 80s, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. And we're nearing <laughs> nice that pull. time here. That's a good for, pull. For the Warriors. That's yeah. uh, some good 80s music there. Um, yeah. All right. Gordon Hayward is reportedly available, but teams are also looking at him potentially on the buyout market, which that's problematic. If you're trying to trade the guy and rumors are out there that maybe he'll get bought out because teams will say, well, why, why would I bother trading anything for him? If he's going to get bought out, I'll just sign him in two weeks or whatever. Anyway, once the bio market picks up the bio market change this year, right? It's, it's that's different because that's cause, true. Yeah. The teams that are over the apron can't do it. And, and I've seen a lot of people confusing it. It is any team over the apron. It's not just second apron teams. It is any team over the, the tax apron. So even the Miami Heat, who are not over the – they're over the first apron but not the second. They can't go get them either. And the reason for that is anybody who makes more than the equivalent of the non-taxpayer MLE, that's $12,405,000 mm-hmm. this year, cannot join a team that is over the second apron. Um for for this for the remainder of the season as a bio player, so but the, there's a lot of teams that aren't over oh, the second yes. right, Correct. yeah. But like I've seen a couple of people say, like, oh man, he'd be perfect for Milwaukee, and he probably mm. would be, but they have no way to get him. They can't trade for him in any reasonable world because everybody's got enough salary as part of their rotation and an important player, and they would not be able to sign him. So, well, we'll see where it goes. And shocker, he's hurt. Right now, he's got a calf strain, so he's been been out. That uh, he's he's should be nearing the end of that time. We'll mm-hmm. we'll see. It should be getting close. It, it feels like where this is just repeating the same talking points from the last I don't know what seven years since he got hurt in Boston. Right. When he plays, he plays pretty good. He's forty seven percent from the field, thirty six percent from three, fourteen and a half points, five rebounds, five assists. 
it's just, you know, you, you can't, you cannot give up what it would take to trade for this guy. And then all of a sudden you turn around and, oh, he missed the whole playoff run because he got hurt again or something like that. That would just make a complete mess of your season. So, but yeah, I, I we'll, we'll see. The whole he's available does not shock me at all. Maybe buyout that it'd be curious to see where he could go. Mm-hmm. You know, buyout wise, I think Indiana would make sense for him. Yep. Um, Philly potentially if they stay um, under that that apron. Cleveland maybe uh, in the East in the West. Thunder obviously probably makes some sense. The uh, I don't know about the Pelicans. They've got a million wings. Uh, Dallas maybe that could be interesting if sure. they wanted to go that route. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I know people, a lot of people have mentioned him with the Lakers, but they've got so many wings that, it, yeah. like, but you have to remember there's two things that buyout players are looking for. They're looking for minutes so that they can showcase themselves enough to earn their next contract the coming summer. And they're looking for a chance to, chance to win. Obviously, things are very much in question on that second part for the Lakers. The first part, the minutes, probably aren't there given how many wings they've already got on the roster. So that's why I don't see the Lakers unless they make some kind of big altering trade or whatever um, as a a landing spot for him. I can see that be one where if they did like some kind of two for one trade in a wing is involved in the trade and that opens up some minutes and and they stay under the first apron after the trade, they could maybe go get them that I could see being a thing. I think that would maybe make some sense for, for the Lakers, I, I certainly wouldn't trade for him if I was the Lakers. You've got to no. have better options to trade for. Uh, but yeah, it's well, yeah, I I kind of doubt anybody trades for him. I but buyout that I mean that just makes a lot of sense. If this was a year ago, I'd be like, yep, you'd be probably a number one player on my buyout list. Yeah, because you know hard to trade for, but yeah, definitely a buyout can't even go anywhere. Just the question now of. You know, where where am I going if not here? And to that point, he may find it better to then say, nah, I'd rather finish it out. At least you have my bird rights, and maybe you can use me in a sign and trade. Yeah. I could get like 15, 16 million next year or something like that. Cause he's not going to approach anywhere near the 30 he's making now. At least I hope not. He's very much the the prototypical buyout buyout type player. Yeah. Right. Guy, yeah. guy who's a veteran who's been in the league for a while, has one year left on his deal. Probably not a trade target for anybody. He's the and he's on a bad team. He's the type of player. Kevin Love last year. Yes, so exactly. Did get bought out and went to the Heat and was a big part of the Heat's run in the mm-hmm. finals. So yeah, he and and again, if he's on the floor, good player can help just about anybody. Sure. Just how often is that going to be? All right, uh, let's let's get to the actual trade that happened. Um, it was not a super exciting trade, but I know there's some cap implications of it. Keith, you've got the, I don't have the whole deal pull up pulled up. I know you always do. Uh, yeah. The Pistons and the Wizards pull off a trade, and this was this was very much one of those like you get the notification saying the Pistons and Wizards have, have made it. And first first reaction is like the Pistons and Wizards. Who's involved in this? And that right, it, it, the fact that it's the Pistons and the Wizards that lets a little bit of the excitement out of the out of the the initial report because you're like, okay, well, this is not going to change the future of the the playoff race or anything like that. This is not that kind of a move. And then you see the names involved, you're like, huh, all right, this is one of those like mostly about the contracts involved, probably more than anything else type of deals. That's what it really was. This this was a strictly uh, hey. 
we need to get off Marvin Bagley's money or we yeah. want to get off Marvin Bagley's money for next season. And we'll throw you a couple of second round picks, give us back a couple of veteran uh, expiring contracts and off we go. And that's pretty much what it was. So it was Marvin Bagley, Isaiah livers, two second round picks. I call them conditional picks, not of, they might not convey. They will convey. These are two of the more convoluted picks that exist in the NBA because they are tied to the one in 2025. I think now involves six or seven teams. Um, and it's all greater than, or, you know, uh, more favorable, less favorable than this, but you know, more favorable than that. And it's just, it's, it's super messy and convoluted. And then there's also a pick in 2026, slightly less, but that's part of it as well. Uh, so really what happens here is the big get for the Pistons is it's not Mike Mescal or Danilo Gallinari who are headed their way. I don't even know that Gallinari lasts the year there. His agent is our, is Michael Tellum, whose mm-hmm. dad is the Pistons like vice president of basketball. So mm. I think we might see a buyout there and set him free, let him go join a team. He makes under the mount so he could sign with anybody he wants to and presumably a team would look at and say all right he hasn't had a great year but if we need a little bit of bench scoring and a shooter with some size and we feel good about throwing him a minimum why not gallo uh muscala slightly different he's also had a very down year for washington but at least he provides a little more size which you lost in bagley and in theory if he can rediscover it he can shoot which none of the pistons other bigs Isaiah Stewart's a little bit different, but none of their other centers can do. Duran and Wiseman's range is you know measured in inches, not feet. So you're really in a spot where, all right, maybe we'll throw Mescala, keep him, see what it looks like, and see what it goes. But the big get was getting off Bagley's twelve point five million. Yep. Prior to the trade, they were projected to be item about thirty eight ish million in projected cap space for next year. That now jumps to fifty, and if they move on from Boyan Bogdanovich. That could be up in the high 60s. I've got them, you know, potentially about 66.1. So, so you're in a pretty good place uh, if you're Detroit as far as cap space goes. And I've already seen every possible joke on the internet of, oh, cool. So they'll give it all to Tobias Harris and Gordon Hayward, uh, you know, <laughs> or whatever, and you know, other silly things, or Miles Bridges and you know, whatever. Insert free agent center here, uh, Kelly Olynyk kind of deals. I get it. But it's flexibility, at least you're in a little bit of a different space. And that says to me, too, they could go the pre-agency route. They've been talked about, hey, we may make our move right now. As a buyer. Yeah. It's not going to save our season this year, but at least we're set up. And now we can move forward, get a little bit of a look, see what it looks like. Wizards side, you got a couple of second-round picks. Marvin Bagley comes in. This says to me, more likely, hey, we're, we're playing the long game with this rebuild. We are not looking to turn this very quickly. They could add about 25 million in cap space next year. Now they'll probably be an over the cap team. Bagley also gives them a little bit of cover at the center spot. If they turn around and trade Daniel Gafford before the deadline, he's been somebody teams have looked at. So nothing here where you're like, Oh my God, jumping out of your seat, but interesting for both sides, just because it kind of tells us where they could both be headed. Exactly. Exactly. That I, I couldn't sum that up any better. This is not the, Oh my gosh, race to to put out a reaction on this. This is this is earth-shattering stuff here, but it is informative of these two teams and, and kind of what their what their plan is moving forward and and from there. All right. If anybody um, wants to read about it in a lot more detail, 
Mm-hmm. I did break it all down on spot track and also use that as a little backdoor way to uh, plug every single trade that happens between now and the trade deadline. I will be writing a reaction piece on spot track too. It might be a protected second round pick for a salary dump. I'm going to write something about it. Just kind of explaining like why did this happen? We feel like there's a market for that where people are like, I don't understand what this trade even is. We'll have something up about as quick as I can get them written uh, and come up. And if they're big, major blockbusters, it might take a little longer because there'll be a lot more to dive into. But but there will be a reaction piece up every single trade uh, between now and the trade deadline. We're trying something new. That could wind up being a Herculean task, Keith, depending on how active the trade deadline is. But sure. you just you never know. And so that could wind up being um, quite quite the endeavor for you. So I'm curious to see like what kind of mental shape you're going to be in come February 9th. <laughs> yeah, we may turn off the live show on Friday and I may just cry for like an hour and then be like, all right, pick yourself up and get, get writing. Let's go. Oh, well, we'll see if Keith survives this year's trade deadline. Uh, the last bit of news that we've got, the Clippers are going to be hosting the 2026 All-Star Game. That will be in their new arena, which unfortunately is still in Los Angeles. There were some hopes that maybe it would go somewhere i mean really anywhere else but it's not they are staying in in la they are it looks like it's going to be an absolutely beautiful arena and they will get to uh host the 2026 all-star game i am super intrigued by the the wall concept that they're putting in where it's like a bunch of like uninterrupted rows on uh one baseline uh-huh. And did you, I, I know you're like, why would I read about the Clippers? I don't no. care. Like, like they should go away. Did you read any of the stuff about it? I read a little bit. It was a cut. It was, a, it was months ago. The last time I okay. read about it. The la- last thing I recall reading about it was about the bathrooms. Yeah. Well, so this one, <laughs> I'll let people come to their own jokes and conclusions on that. Um, <laughs> they are doing something pretty cool though with it. It is. If you are. So let's just say you're a Laker fan. Uh-huh. You buy a ticket in the wall and you sit there in Laker gear. You're going to be moved to another section of the arena. Like it is going to be Clipper fan, Clipper fans only. Like so they are going to do. <laughs> Jeez, man. Um, we'll see. But I think the concept is cool. Like this is borrowing from. I know people are going to be like, good Lord. Why it's are it's they a soccer style NBA? concept. Yeah, why are they trying to make yeah. NBA? into soccer but i think the idea of it's pretty neat like i think it's gonna be fun the idea is they want people there who are gonna stand and make noise and get sure. rowdy and stuff like that so it's it's a it's a cool concept to see you know what it looks like in in practice no all, all jokes aside i actually do really like that i think that's a very yeah. cool idea it's something that works out very well it's something where you see it all the time in soccer where a player scores a goal he runs over to his supporter section and, and acknowledges them and and yep. all of that so it's um it is a cool idea now in soccer part of that is they're gonna they'll, they'll kill each other if you put yeah, the, if you yeah, put them together yeah. um it's not so but it, it does create kind of a cool atmosphere so i'm curious to see how that works out um that could be something that and, and i'm interested to see strategically you know where is that play that section placed it's behind um, one of the baskets it's all okay. like along the baseline and there's a couple pictures online people can go and you can see what it looks like because now it's like coming to fruition and you right. can see like the way it's going to go it almost goes like straight up like even more 
like severe than like what it looks like in a normal arena where it's like you have the tiered bowls and then like every new arena has like we slammed a luxury suite sure. section in like in the middle and all this stuff. What I also think is kind of neat is um they are they, again you've got the idea of no opposing fans are allowed and and that'll be be interesting to see how that all how they enforce that together. Um, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very curious to, to see what it looks like. I read a thing too, where people were like, doesn't that kind of make the arena like weird for like other stuff? And one of the points they brought out was if you do a concert, you effectively lose all the seats behind the stage anyway. So the stage right. will just get sat in front right of, there in the, in front of that section. You'll still have everything else that you usually have available seat wise. So it's, it's a, it's a cool concept. I'm, I'm very curious to see what it looks like. And, you know, hey, they get the All Star Game. I mean, that's just kind of how it works in the NBA. Open a yeah, new arena, you get a new arena, you get, get the All Star Game. Get the All Star Game. So I, I've been in arenas before where it's so vertical that you almost feel a little, like a little nervous the way you know. Yeah, like, I don't. Like being, yeah, I'm not sitting in it. I'm a little no. concerned. Like, if you go there, you have a few drinks and you get a little wobbly. I, I'm wondering what that situation. If it really is as vertical as I'm gonna have to go look at the pictures. If it's as vertical as I'm imagining it. Um, that could be a heck of a tumble if, uh, and I'm curious to see what, what kind of or, like, if there's I any safety concerns with that. It's more about the seats are not like, there's no, there's, there's no like, oh, we mixed the concourse in here. We mixed the row, row of luxury boxes in here. Like it really is just seats almost straight up in that section. So they, mm. they, they want to say this is something like 30 unobstructed uh, rows in a, in a row, like, collectively so yeah i mean hey try try new stuff like uh, i'm curious yeah. to see if this becomes in a thing like does you know one oh, of these I see games or something so i yeah, see it, it. i got it it's not as vertical as i'm thinking it yeah. it was going to be it's not yeah. i was thinking it's going to go like like literal wall like go very straight up yeah. vertically it's not so much that um, i've been in baseball stadiums that it feels that way especially yeah. like up in the upper deck and i'm like i'm not like, I don't want to sit up here. Like, I'm right. You know. And also, like, uh, at this point for any live sport, if it if it's much worse than the view that I can just get at home, like, I'll just watch at home. Like, I don't need to, you know, pay all this money to, to be there. So, yeah. It's uh, it, it's almost, a, it reminds me a little bit of, like, a kind of a college atmosphere or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it does. Very yeah. similar. Okay. Yeah. I think that's all what right. they're trying to create, right, is, you know, they've never really had a home court advantage because they've never really had their own true home court so right i'm, I'm, I'm all for it and there's a reason why they're gonna keep the guys in the fold at least for a few years because sure they can't the go open a new it. arena and kick kick off a rebuild right. yeah yeah you you want to open that with a bunch of guys to cheer for one other minor thing i and yeah. i think i threw it at you very late when you were building out the show uh notes uh Spurs put uh, made Doug McDermott and Jetty Osmond very available. So oh, I, I didn't I didn't scroll down far enough. We it's do have fine. two more things, and that was oh, one of them. Okay. All right, so well, there's one of them. So, all right, some shooting, I guess, on the market. Sure, teams are always looking for shooting. Neither one of them has all that crazy of a contract, so maybe right. I, I think we could see the team make a run at either one of those guys. And if you're San Antonio, mm -hmm. it's you know, you stink anyway. So it's not like it's really going to hurt you trading them. So if you can get a couple seconds for each guy, sure. Why not? That's how, you know, we're into trade season when I can't fit all of our topics on one page. 
Because oh, yeah. that's what yeah, happened. Yeah, well, it was a busy weekend. Yeah, it was sure. a busy weekend too. But last thing we've got, uh, the Pacers oh, are building yeah. their offers around Buddy Heald and a first round pick. Heald, yeah. it was what, a month, six weeks maybe ago that we heard he was not super thrilled right with at what the was start going of the on. season. Yeah. yeah, that he he potentially wanted out. Uh, now the Pacers, Buddy Heald's right around $20 million off the top of my head, plus a first round pick. Uh, is what they're they're looking to to use to potentially upgrade their roster. So that's a combination to watch for on the market. Of course, they're going to be in the mix for guys like Pascal Siakam, but they'd be a fit for a lot of a lot of guys. Uh, that's not enough money to get to say Zach Levine or something like that. That's uh, not enough money to get to Siakam either. But this is a guy that you could potentially build around and um, uh, build a, a deal around and then make something happen. Some type of commotion going on in the Philly and and Houston game. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I don't know um, what it is, but the the Philly is up big. They're up twenty two yeah. now. They've in, they've gone back and increased their lead. They're trying to figure out if it was a flagrant foul on Patrick Beverly, I believe. But yeah. looks like looks like it's not going to be. Anyway, it looked. Overtake. I think it looked like more than it actually was. Yeah, we got Mavs Pelicans have tipped off too. We've got uh, Magic Knicks are about to tip off and Bulls, uh, Bulls and Wizards. Or I'm sorry, Pistons, Wizards, Bulls, Cavs. Is a little bit later, so so yeah, Exciting I've already times. moved on to other games for the day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, healed in a first, sure, right? That yep. seems pretty fair. Part of that is healed makes like nineteen million dollars, so he's the natural salary match, and just about any deal they're going to make. And Pacers own all of their own first round picks, so send them one out. It's not a not a huge deal if they can get get the right guy. I should note these those last two pieces of news, along with the magic that it all came from Mark Stein. Um, mm-hmm. his, uh, his, uh, Stein, the Stein line is, you know, that's what he writes for now over on uh Substack. That's big. I would, uh, definitely encourage people to subscribe because he's always got good, good stuff in there all year long, but he's, he throws in a lot of little trade, uh, notes in there and stuff. And it's, it's things where I read them and then I kind of follow them away. Cause it, a lot of them, we come back around to it. Cause a lot of what happens now is you hear something today. 20 mm-hmm. other things are going to happen by the end of the week. You forgot about it. And then you come back around. It's like, oh, yeah, that was a thing like two weeks ago. And then it actually comes to fruition. Yep. And sometimes there's stuff that, that happens now or that we hear now. And then it comes to fruition over the summer, too. So, yeah, exactly. So, yep. so it's not just the trade deadline happens and all this stuff is over. Exactly. Uh, okay. Well, I think we I think we made it. I, I believe I've scrolled down far enough to hit all of our topics for today. Do appreciate everybody for joining us. Make sure you subscribe to the NBA Front Office Show. We're going to keep you up to date on everything heading into the big trade deadline. Again, February 8th is the deadline. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest. So hit that subscribe button. We are almost there at 30,000 subscribers. So help get us there. Hit that subscribe button. And then, of course, over on the podcast side, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, give us a follow up there as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.